The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night I reserve to answer your questions about sex, love, relationships, or general mental health issues at 514-800 to text in. If you want to call in, it's 514-790-0800. Also, somebody had suggested yesterday uh, for stupid sex stories that people send in their own stupid stories, uh, like of things that happened to them. So we we did get one submission already, and I will uh, share that with you later. But if you have your own just make sure when you label the um, the email that you say stupid sex story on it. So uh, so I know it's not anything uh, that I have to respond to or anything like that. So before I go on, I just want to respond or, or I want to clarify uh, something. So as you know, people can write in their questions and you've been, been doing this for, for, for eons, right? Um, last night, someone wrote in asking, uh, for help. Uh, you know, and that's, I'm very glad when, when people do, it was a complex situation involved a a lot of different issues, uh, infidelity and, and, uh, years of infidelity and, and things like that. And they were asking for, for help. So this came in, in the middle of, I, I, during uh, the interview that I had with the gentleman talking about men. So I, like I do all the time is I answer generally and I answer generally, uh, because I have very limited information, right? I can only answer my thoughts. Again, they are just my thoughts. They're not a replacement for real therapy, like to go, to actually go get help. Uh, and I answer them based on what is provided in the text. Now, there's not much information, generally um, speaking. And the reason I'm bringing this up is um, the person felt uh, a little, uh, I guess, put off because they didn't feel that I was really addressing um, the help. So she she ended up emailing me later, and you know, we were, you know, I, I tried to help her again through email with a little more time. Um, but here's the deal. I walk a fine line uh, in doing in doing this, right? Between trying to be helpful and also entertaining. So it, it's still a talk show. It's still meant to entertain folks. You know, you don't want to put people to sleep. And, and so there is, I do walk this, this fine line. So remember that I, I am a therapist, but usually like I have an hour with a person that I can get lots of information that I need to properly assess the situation and then offer up what I think they can do or what have you. Here, I have minutes, literally minutes to do this in. So um, I can only answer in, in kind of a general way and only with the information that's provided. So I never have the full context or the other side or whatever it is, right? The other thing too, when you write in, it is because, and I hope you know this, that I read these texts out loud, which means that you're not just writing to me, the issue that you bring up becomes public. And that means that the public, other people, you guys, 
will also put in your two cents. Oftentimes it, it can be your advice or maybe you've been through things or whatever. Most of the time people appreciate that, but I get it when somebody can feel kind of judged. So I, I just want to say I'm sensitive to that. I understand that. And this person made me see that a little bit more and kind of reminded me of that. And it's true. We are all uh, judging a situation, whatever's presented on on the text, um, and it's never the whole story. So we are all reacting to the limited information that that we have. So if you do write in, and I don't want to dissuade you from writing in, of course, um, but understand that other people may may respond and and understand that they are whatever their comments are, are based on the limited information they have. Of course, they don't have the whole story and don't take it. I don't want you to take it so personally as a, as a judgment. Um, but you know, I respond, I respond to the facts in front of me, but, and believe me, it's never enough for me to, to like, how do I fix that? I can't fix something, anything in the span of a few minutes, but I can offer some guidance. I can offer a, a, um, direction as to the kind of help uh, you can get, for example. But please bear in mind, never am I intending to be disrespectful in any way to, uh, to your situation. I'm just trying to explain the position that I'm in when I'm thrown questions, I literally have to respond immediately. And so sometimes I may miss things or they, it may not be as elaborate as I would like it to be uh, if I had uh, more time uh, in front of me. So I just wanted to, you know, maybe I should say this more often, but I just wanted to clarify that. And I hope you, I hope you understand. Um, so having said that, let me, uh, let me dive right in and answer, uh, answer some questions here. Have you ever heard of this pill vital alpha testo? I see it on the internet. So these are, this is just another one of these supplements of which there are hundreds, if not thousands being sold on the internet. Most, I, if I look at this one, I did a bit of research. So this one came through email. So it gives me a bit of time to actually look it up a little bit. I looked everywhere. I scoured to see if there were any uh, tests done, any any scientific data to back up the claims made by these people. All I could find was sponsored ads, sponsored ads, sponsored ads, uh, articles that were sponsored by that company, et cetera, et cetera. I found nothing. There's no backup, no FDA approval that I could find anywhere, no Canadian um equivalency to the FDA that I could find anywhere. So all I found was, and I had to look hard, were for reviews that were not sponsored. And the reviews that I read were, they went anywhere from this is a scam to the effects are absolutely minuscule. So that's the question about that supplement and whatever other stuff. So again, it, I don't want to pinpoint one supplement. It's the truth about most of the things that you're going to see online that are sexual enhancers, et cetera. I don't uh, buy into anything until I've seen the peer-reviewed articles that say this is good or this, this, this works. Okay. So I'm just going to put it out there. The other thing is I would never take a supplement, especially 
like a testosterone supplement that was not prescribed by a doctor. Like these supplements have, it's not just testosterone or things like that, but all kinds of different, you know, uh, health, uh, not health, but natural products that are said to increase blood flow. I don't deny that these things don't do that. It's the amounts that we can't control and that we don't know about and that have not been studied in, in these pills. So do not take a supplement that should increase your testosterone levels if your testosterone levels have not been checked by a medical doctor. Uh, so that's that, that's the first thing. And then discuss it with a, uh, a, a physician first, okay? Just don't buy into the hype on the internet. You have to go to uh, a, a scientific source for that kind of thing. Coming up, more of your questions, your texts. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesday, tonight on the program. I'm here to answer all of your questions, sex-related, mental health-related, relationship-related. I'm here. 514-800 to text in. Lori, I am 83 and have been listening to the show for lots of years. I listen to the mail at the beginning always, but not always everything. Um 10 o'clock is late at 83 and I sleep and not all the shows are for me. Hey, I totally respect that. I write this from the reception at my residence where I live and the nice worker found your website for me and played back the start of the show and wrote down the poem about uh, getting old together. That was the poem, I guess, is from last night. I heard it last night in my bed and I cried a little. My husband passed away two years ago and he would tell me every day that I am beautiful. The poem made me think of him, so I cried. I married him in July 1961 and all the days he tells me I'm beautiful and he loves me. The reception lady made two copies of the poem. One is on the community wall at the reception and one on my fridge. She speaks English too, and she told me it was very beautiful. This is from a French uh, listener. Uh, merci beaucoup. Uh, you return a nice memory for me. That's from Marie, 83 years old, from a residence. Thank you for that. I really, uh, really appreciate your feedback, and I'm so glad that the poem touched your heart, as I'm sure it did uh, for many people. So I want to take this opportunity to thank our, our passion Pope, which, which I want to repeat, does not work for the station, does not work for me. <laughs> he is a listener who has been inspired, as he says, by the show. And uh, he's a, a daily listener and he uses whatever topic we're talking about and just, uh, or sometimes just shares some poems he's written about relationships. And, and that's how, uh, that's how he has been uh, discovered. So just want to, point that out. I want to know, I want to only know that masturbating once a week, can it lead to infertility or problems in my married life or any other problems? So masturbating once a week in no way will cause any damage to you. It has zero effect on fertility. I don't see how it would interfere with your married life, the way that masturbation can sometimes interfere with your married life is if you choose masturbation over sex with your partner regularly and you leave a partner uh, feeling frustrated, that, that would be about the only way that that would um, affect uh, 
the marriage. <laughs> Somebody says I should, but you should be paying the passion poet. <laughs> well, sorry, no, no, no money to pay. Uh, <laughs> he does it. He would not accept it anyway. He does it from the goodness of his heart. Um, let's see. I need help to try to find out why my testicles are always hurting. So I can't, I'm not, I can't answer this question. Firstly, because I am not a medical doctor. That's number one. Number two is there's no information here. It's very minimal information. What I can tell you is that for any man experiencing any pain on a consistent basis, you should see a doctor. The doctor will ask you all sorts of questions to figure out the cause of the pain and offer you whatever, uh, once they diagnose it, then, then obviously once with the diagnosis, you can, you can figure out what, what treatment options are available. A medical doctor will also examine you. Um, maybe not during COVID, they do a lot of telehealth these days, but even still, if you're referred to a urologist and you, you speak to them, uh, with just asking you the right questions and the kinds of, of symptoms that you have, then, uh, they'll be able to at least direct you, but please don't let this drag on. I still don't get like, I don't get it. I don't get why some of you have to suffer for so long before you get help. Why some of these things like the physical stuff, don't come to me. You've got to see your doctor. Like, okay, if you haven't been able to reach them and you, in the meantime, you want to maybe check something out. Okay. I get it. But when something is when you're experiencing pain on a regular basis, that does not feel right to you. Clearly, if you're writing me, it doesn't feel right to you please speak to a doctor. That's what they are there for. Okay. A texter writes in, uh, I would like to express that as a very long time listener, you do a more admirable job with information, with information provided. We tend to provide vague info at best in our texts. I can't imagine how difficult it is to read texts while speaking. <laughs> that is a challenge, I must say. Uh, I write because I find you open tonight's show on the defensive. Keep up the great work. I wasn't being defensive. I didn't even take it as a, um, I just want to clarify that. I didn't take it as a criticism. I, I'm not defending I just found like the person's response to me was very valid. I want to validate what she said. Uh, it, it's, I'm not defending it. I'm I'm trying to explain, and um, so people understand the position that I'm in, and how sometimes it may not be a full enough answer, or it may not be what you're looking for or because you, there's just limited information there. So it, it wasn't, I, I truly, I didn't feel like personally inside of me, I didn't feel defensive at all. In fact, I wrote her a very nice email and we talked about it and I tried to explain how it works and, uh, and she was very understanding uh, about that. So that, that's, um, that isn't how I was feeling. Uh, so maybe it came, came off that way, but you know, I just thought it's okay. I like 
you know, I can be called out on stuff. And I accept that. I accept the responsibility of that. And then the opportunity to be able to uh, express it or, or express the, some of the changes or, or, or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. So, um, so I'm just happy that, that, you know, she was able to voice it and, and voicing something, voicing a displeasure, voicing when you feel you've been wronged is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's okay. I'm 27 years old, pretty sure I'm straight, but for many years, since I was 21 or 22, I started to watch gay porn and honestly, I got off uh, on it, but I mixed it up between straight and gay. But in the last three years, I've been watching more and more gay porn. I joined a gay dating site, met a guy, had an amazing night, but felt guilt the next day and felt terrible about, about my decision. But deep down, I didn't fully regret it. But still, I'm confused if I'm bi or what. Also, when I watch gay porn, I get aroused and real horny. But when I ejaculate, I have a feeling I hate, a regret for a few moments. Why is that? So from these words, these limited words, what I'm hearing is that you're feeling guilt about your homosexual behavior and your homosexual feelings. That's quite common by the way, especially for people who have grown up thinking and being told that being gay is somehow wrong. There's something called internalized homophobia. So um, you're, I can say this, you are not completely straight. Yes, you may be bisexual, aroused and attracted to both men and women, or you may be gay, but not accepting it. I think what you need to do is talk this out with a professional therapist so that you feel you can live your authentic life, your authentic self without the guilt and without the shame for who you love or for whom you choose to have sex with. So I think this is what this is telling you at this point and these feelings you're having is you need to uh, you need to talk this out if, in far more detail let let a therapist help you to dig for um to help you cl like clarify and illuminate a little bit what's really going on when we when we look at uh sexual orientation it's not just how one may identify like you know saying well well I'm I'm straight um if you are, if you identify as straight and you've never had fantasy, gay fantasies, or you've never had gay behaviors, if you never had a crush on a guy uh, or a woman, if you're a woman, then it, it's pretty, yeah, we can say you're straight, but it's not just about being straight or bi 50% or gay on the other side. There's a whole lot of range in between. And that's what we know now. We know that sexual orientation is, can be, um, some people tend to be more flexible in their orientation and others not flexible at all. So it's, we look at it on a scale now, uh, but you're certainly not on the far end of the scale of, um, of straight, seeing as that you're aroused by gay porn, and you've also had um, relationship or, or a sexual activity 
uh, with men. Somebody writes, why men have a built-in mental resistance system. Physician is the last resort. We prefer to find a doctor in a bottle. Yeah, not the way to go. Not the way to go. And then what? You end up, uh, you know, the doctor says, I wish you had come to me sooner because your cancer has advanced. Like, is that what you want to hear? Or you have so many blocked arteries, we should have fixed this sooner. Like, that's not what you want to do. Um so guys, just like, listen up. It's okay. Listen to your bodies. Call the doctor. There's no shame in not feeling well. Okay. I pleasure, very, I pleasure myself very differently than other men in the videos and my friends. Is this wrong or unhealthy? I lay down on my bed. Then I spit in my hands on my penis, one on both sides, then push down one hand, then push down the other until I ejaculate. There is no right way to masturbate. Whatever feels good to you, and as long as you are not feeling pain, unless it's what you want, but you have to be careful because you don't want to damage yourself, as long as you're not damaging your penis in any way, then, then it's fine. Like what you see in videos is, is just simply the, the more usual way of stroking a penis, but it's certainly not the only way. Um, so I get why, you know, it's like, you don't see too many people doing this except what you see in porn. And that's one way, but, and, and people don't actually necessarily talk about this openly. So how would you know? Uh, so I'm glad you're, you're kind of asking here. So thank you. Um, if you have any questions, send them along at 514-800 and coming up, don't masturbate with sandpaper. Definitely not. That will hurt. Uh, coming up, your stupid sex story of the night. Plus, send your questions in at 514-800. Right now, we'll turn it over to the CJAD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. So this is not so much a stupid story as a hilarious story. And all, all these stories are fun. So whether it's stupid, hilarious, whatever, you can send them to me at uh, lori at drlori.com with the subject, stupid sex story. Hello, Dr. Lori. Want stupid sex stories from listeners? Let me contribute. This happened a long time ago when my boyfriend, myself, and my mom were planning a trip to Niag Niagara Falls. We were to leave the Saturday morning, and my mother from Halifax arrived early Friday afternoon. I expected her Friday evening, but she caught an earlier flight. She went into the shower, and I was downstairs doing laundry. My boyfriend came in, this part was told to me by my boyfriend and my mom. He tried to go into the bathroom because he can hear the shower running, thinking it was me, but the door was locked, something I normally do not do. He began to say things through the door. Baby, I've been horny all day. When you're out of the shower, I'm going to blank your brains out and you'll need another shower. I'm going to shove my tongue so deep in you that you will cough. My mom could only make out a few words and just said, okay, I'll be out in a minute. During all this, he was undressing at the bathroom door. 
I went up the stairs with a basket full of clothes, a little shocked to see him standing at the bathroom door naked. He was shocked seeing me thinking it was me in the shower. And at that same moment, the bathroom door opened and my mom was in her house coat and towel over her head. I never saw him move so fast in my life. If my mom would have heard every word he said, I don't know what she would have said. Worse yet, what if she did not lock the bathroom door? There is a moral here somewhere. <laughs> so I thought that was really great. And I just want to share one other stupid sex story. It's been talked about in the news, but uh, the headline was Quebec couple hit with curfew violation fine after wife walks husband on a leash in this had uh, happened in Sherbrooke. They were, uh, this couple was handed a fine for violating curfew despite the wife's protests that she was walking her dog. And the fact the husband was the one wearing a leash. They were each fined $1,500. Uh, Police said the two were walking towards downtown and did not cooperate with officers. When questioned, the couple said they were happy to receive the ticket and claimed they were following the rules. Um, Quebec officials have said people may walk their dogs after the 8 p.m. curfew, provided they stay within one kilometer of their um, house. Uh, not exactly what they uh, meant, I would say. So thank you for contributing that funny story. If anybody else has a funny story they want to share, uh, please do. Maybe we'll make a collection of them. If we get enough of them, it'll be fun. My girlfriend doesn't show any emotion, doesn't moan, or any of the things I've experienced with my past girlfriends. Is that normal for a female to experience during sexual activity? So, you know, I would say most women will at least moan to some degree to express pleasure or show their partner that they are pleased. In fact, some of the research has shown that many women will moan not for their sake, but for the sake of their partner. Some women, though, don't feel comfortable making noises during sex. And there could be any number of reasons why some women stay quiet. Could be from feeling embarrassed to feeling self-conscious or just no reason at all. Why don't you try asking your partner to show you signs of her pleasure? Letting her know that maybe, you know, you would appreciate knowing that you are pleasing her. I just don't want you to make her feel bad that she is not vocal or feel abnormal. It's not about normal or not normal. It, like, like I said, some women just, um, don't. So I, I just don't want her to see herself as that or perceive that you don't see herself as that. So you just may just want to express to her, like I said, just, you know, give me a sign, you know, if it's not with your moans, maybe with your hand gestures or, or putting your, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like the, the sign that, says, you know, keep doing what you're doing kind of thing, you know, uh, something, something like that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> My son just asked for a hamster so he could take it for a walk. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, for the young guy, many straight women get off on lesbian porn, likely the same scenario. And I'm going to disagree with you on that because the research shows, interestingly, when they did, like they, there was a, a big study that looked at um, what arouses straight women, uh, bisexual women, and gay women, same with uh, straight men and gay men. 
And what they found was that women could be aroused and aroused meaning like they tested the arousal with a, a um, like thermography, like it, they, they attached them to things. And so it wasn't just they said they were aroused, their body said they were aroused. And what they found was that women could be aroused by all like they could be aroused by gay sex, straight sex, straight sex. Uh, they even showed animals copulating and found that even women got aroused to that. And that doesn't mean that they like animals or anything like that, but just to show you. Um, and whereas when they tested the men, they found that straight men were only aroused by the straight porn and that gay men were only aroused to the, to, uh, to the gay porn. So I think what this says is that women might be a little more um, a little more flexible in their, uh, in their orientation, something like that. Another person wrote, I grew up trying not to make noise so I wouldn't get caught. And then now it's just a habit. Well, there's an a reason for, uh, being quiet, uh, during sex. That's something. Uh, another one said, maybe you should consider that you are not pleasing her, maybe boring her and she fell asleep. You may need a refresher course. I think that's a little harsh. Uh, I really don't think that that would be the case necessarily. I mean, could possibly be, but I, I don't think that I wouldn't, that's not what I would assume. And then to the texter who can't decide his orientation, this screams SOS Bill Ryan. I'm sure he can put him at ease. Uh, yes. In fact, when you're going to seek uh, therapy, please make sure when you ask the question, when you're looking for a therapist, like you should be interviewing them to see if they're a good fit for you. And one of the questions to ask is, are you, are you a gay friendly therapist? If you're not, if it, they're not, a, you're not asking them their, their own orientation. You just want to know if they're gay friendly. You don't want to go to somebody who may be, uh, you know, maybe very religious and, uh, is, a, is against whatever homosexuality or will try to, you know, steer you somewhere else. Like you want to be someone who can hear you out without judgment. So that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, important. Okay. Hi, ever since I broke up with my ex-girlfriend, I've been having difficulty maintaining my sex drive to even finish masturbating. I've never slept with my ex and I'm just kind of worried why and how. So it sounds to me like you're grieving. Um, breakups are difficult. Anybody will tell you that, 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 that breakups can be difficult. Feeling down is certainly normal after a breakup and it can, when you're feeling down, it affects your sex drive. So just give yourself some time, move past the breakup. Don't be so hard on yourself. This is something that will come back slowly. Um, so don't worry about it. It's not something that I think you, you should worry about it. If a woman drinks sperm, what are the merits or demerits of, of that? So if anyone, it's not just women, men, uh, if anyone has someone ejaculate in their mouth, it definitely puts them at risk for sexually transmitted infections. Unless you are in a monogamous relationship and you've both been tested and there are no um, sexually transmitted infections. Remember, whatever you can catch in your genitals, you can also catch through oral sex. Uh, having said that, uh, you know, you can't get pregnant through swallowing semen, things like that, that some 
some younger people think, believe it or not. Um, otherwise, there is no real risk. Again, remember the caveat um, for that, right? It, it just gets digested like any other uh, food would be um, digested. However, you need to know that there have been reports of people who have an allergy to proteins found in semen. I'm telling you this, but it's really super, um, super rare. As for the benefits or the merits, as you call it, there are no real scientific studies that suggest that there are any health benefits to ingesting sperm. I think there was a study done on the proteins. You can, you know, makes a good facial mask, facial peel, like makes your skin feel softer something like that. But, uh, in terms of the, the, the other scientific stuff with that is, uh, yeah, somebody writes, come on, everybody knows sperm is good for the skin. It's protein for the skin, but you can also, you know, use egg whites. It would have the exact same, um, effect to tell you the truth. Coming up a question about a uh, male use a, uh, strap on. We'll answer that question and any others that you have at 514-800. After Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Last bit of time here. If you have a, a question or a comment, uh, then send it along at 514-800. Dr. Lori, could someone be allergic to their own semen? Was, was this possible in the study or only other people's semen? That's a really good question. I... I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to have to look that up. That's not what was said in that particular study, as far as I can remember, but it's something that I will uh, look into and uh, and get back to you. And I would say probably not. Uh, you wouldn't be allergic, but then again, if it's a specific protein, I, I really don't know. I, I will, uh, I'll double check and let you know. Hello, I don't know why, but one day I was watching a girl strap a man. And since I've been watching strap on porn and getting aroused, I feel like I want to try this. So one night I decided to do it, but it's like nothing happened and I didn't really like it. But every time I'm watching a strap on porn, I still get excited and want to have sex. So you're talking about, um, fantasies basically, right? Things that can be arousing. So oftentimes we can fantasize about things. We can get turned on by things that we would not actually do in real life, which might include, you know, some women may get turned on by lesbian sex and not, not care to do it in, in real life, for example, that's just one example, or some people might be, you know, might, might get aroused from all, all different kinds of different fetishes, whatever it is, but doesn't mean they actually want, uh, to do it. But maybe what gets you turned on is that the woman here is the one being dominant. Remember, she's the one doing the penetrating. So when you're talking about a strap on penis, for those who don't know, it's like a, it's like a belt that has a dildo attached to it that women can wear to penetrate a partner, whether it's a male partner and, and penetrate them anally or uh, a, a female partner, for example. And so maybe, maybe you're just identifying with the guy who's being submissive. 
like just knowing about BDSM and domination and, and submission, that would make more sense um, to me. So maybe you want to look into um, into that a bit more and look up dominant submissive relationships and you might actually relate to that more and that will bring you that kind of a, a better understanding of, um, of what's going on. I would like to know, is it normal to get really wet during sex? I have to stop and wipe off at least three times. How can this be um, prevented? So all women lubricate during arousal, except, I have to say, except um, they are menopausal or they are on medication that affects arousal. So the we, we make the link between arousal and lubrication, but at some point, or if you're on medication, you can be fully, fully aroused even menopausal women and be dry. So it's uh, at, at some point there can be that switch. So it's not always the indicator. Okay. Uh, the amount of lubrication can also change for the same woman throughout different phases of her life during different phases of her cycle um, as well. It can be affected by the kind of birth control pill they're on. So, uh, for example, pills, the birth control pills that have a higher amount of estrogen tend to increase, um, lubrication. So you can certainly maybe talk to your doctor about if that's the case, maybe change, change it to a different pill. If, if it, if it worries you or, or bothers you, um, I would say, don't use any type of fem feminine product. Like don't use a douche or don't use powder because this can affect the healthy bacteria in, in your um, vagina. Something else too you might look into is um, antihistamines. So antihistamines are, they're there to dry up mucus, right? And uh, it's not just in the nose that we have mucus, but the vagina too. So women who are, have allergies will tell you that when they take their uh, antihistamines regularly, they also end up experiencing dryness in the vagina. So it's over the counter, but it's still something you should really speak to your uh, doctor about. And I say that about any medication, even if it's over the counter, uh, you talk to the pharmacist, talk to your doctor. You want to make sure it doesn't interfere with anything else that you're on and and, and such things. So um, the bottom line is that uh, this is perfectly uh, normal and just have a towel handy next to you. And if you're insecure about this, talking with your partner is going to help, you know, and just letting them know this is it. And most men would not really be bothered. As one person writes in, and I, I bet you this person is a menopausal woman, be happy you're too wet and not dry. <laughs> uh, that's it. Exactly. Another texture. I don't mind seeing two guys having sex, double penetration with one girl, but I would never do it with another guy in real life. Right. So again, there's a good example of someone who can get aroused by watching something that they would 
never do. And sometimes we'll watch three Sims that, and we don't, we're not interested in doing it, but it can still be arousing. Lots of things can be arousing. I can't tell you how many people read, uh, how many women like read 50 shades of gray. None of them have an interest. None of them. I should say many of them do not have an interest in acting any of it out, but they were certainly aroused by the sexual relationship that was described in those, um, in those books. Another time, another text this one from a male says the wetter, the better. So again, not, nothing to feel insecure about in terms of, of that. Okay. So I'm not sure if I'm pan or if I'm bi, what's the difference and how can I tell I'm a girl and for some reason, I'm really turned on by gay porn. Is there an explanation for that? So it goes back to a little bit with what I was saying. So just to put everybody on the same page, a pansexual, it's a relatively new term, is a person who is sexually attracted to all genders, which includes transgender, transsexual, androgynous, and all other kinds of gender um, identities. A bisexual is a person who's attracted to both males and females, which generally includes romantic attraction as well. So as for being attracted to gay porn, again, I'm going to repeat the studies that have shown that straight women are turned on by all kinds of sex, including gay sex. So just because there's a certain kind of sex that you watch that turns you on, that's not enough to give yourself the label of gay or even bisexual. That in itself is um, is not uh, is not enough. You have to take it out of the fantasy and into the like. You would know this in the real world, right? So in the real world, do you crush on other women? Do you when you um, do you feel attracted to? women in your, uh, in your daily living or, 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 or your life, your, your real life. Those are the, some of the questions you, you can be asking yourself. Can you, uh, imagine yourself having a relationship with somebody of the same, um, of the same gender? So it's not just what is arousing, but it, again, as you can see, it goes beyond that, right? Who we ha- who we fall in love with, uh, who we are um, attracted to, who we fantasize about. Those are some more of the telling uh, telling signs. I have no sexual desire anymore, and it's putting a strain on my relationship. We've been through couples counseling. I've tried sex store pills. I don't know what those are. You name it. It's not like the relationship has lost its spark because literally nothing turns me on anymore. I basically feel like a nun. Should I talk to my doctor about this? Are there alternative types of birth control that will do the trick but keep my sex drive? So I'm assuming it's you're asking because you're on the birth control pill and you're wondering if the birth control pill has made you lose your sex drive. So yes, some uh, birth control pills can have an impact on your sex life. You need to talk to your prescribing doctor, um, maybe about changing your pills to one that has less of an effect. So you can ask them. They generally have 
they know the listing or they have the book that can check all the side effects and, and, and see which one fits you best, right? It's not like the birth control pill is not one size fits all. There's different strengths. There's different, they, they, they're quite varied in, um, and different companies and, and different things. So you, you need to be able to figure it out. You may want to talk about the one, one of the most popular birth control methods, hormonal birth controls is the Morena, which is a, a basically it's a, an IUD that releases hormones and it stays in your body for five years and you, you and it just, it's good for five years. So, um, I haven't heard too much about that one affecting sex drive, but again, these are things that you need to discuss all of your options with your physician because there are options. And if you don't want to be on a hormonal contraceptive, then discuss any other options that are available. Copper IUD is a, a one, or you may want to switch to condoms or uh, something like that, but you need to have this discussion. That's it for me, folks. Thank you so much for uh, being here with me. Always appreciate it. I certainly appreciate when you send me uh, your questions, or I should say, entrust me with your troubles so I can help uh, help you out as much as I can. Thank you to our technical producer, Dave Simon, as well. If you want to connect with me, the easiest way is to go through my website, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. It's where you can email me. It's where you can find... Um, past shows, the podcast of past shows as well. If you have the iHeart app and you go to the CJD page, you can also find our podcasts uh, there. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>